Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. She had a house and her grandma lived down here and both of them got flooded out. So she had nothing and she decided she was going to just go and volunteer. So she walked over to the site, actually rode her bike over and volunteered. And she's volunteering. She's not getting paid a nickel. Sounds great. It's just amazing. When you look at pictures of the flooding up to about three feet and pulling out all of the sheetrock and mold and the smell and everything else is amazing. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you this evening in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, we just thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for all that you're doing in all of our lives, God. And God, in spite of what the world says, we know And you continue to show us what following you, being a fellowship of Christ, sharing Christ with others really mean. So God, just thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving my life. And just thank you for using me to be a blessing. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just lift up my small group that's going around and working today. And thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to serve the people of Harlem Heights here in Fort Myer that was totally wiped out by uh, the hurricane that came through and had three or four feet of water. Lord, uh, thank you for safety as we travel about and uh, bless these kids that are helping me. Lord, thank you so much for allowing me to come on this trip along with all of these amazing students that I got with. Thank you so much for helping us get connected with these people and being able to help them in any way we can. Please be with them in these next coming months, years. Help them to get back to where they used to be and get their homes all fixed up and know that you were with them this entire time and you will stay with them. Uh, Dear God, I thank you for this opportunity to come and serve the people of Harlem Heights for hurricane relief and just being able to meet some of the people that we are impacting. I pray that we truly will be an impact and make our mark on some of these homes as we're rebuilding them to be lived in the coming years and pray that you will continue to bless us through our efforts and bless the people around us. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for a really great group to be working with this week. I thank you for all that we've been able to do in the uh, house of Virginia Cazell. 
just getting all uh, the money done, even though to us it might not seem like much. Um, I know that to uh, those in AIM and to uh, that family, we are doing a lot for them, Lord. And so I just thank you for this opportunity for all of us to come together and fellowship together as we work and do things in your name. Thank you, Father God, for giving me this opportunity to come work with these amazing people and to help people in need after the hurricane. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to give back to the community after they have lost so much. Dear Lord, um, we thank you so much for placing us here down in Harlem Heights and that um, just pray that we can continue to just uh, build trust with you and our uh, the people we're working with. I just pray that as we um, work on Bridget and Cazelle's house, that in this terrible hurricane, they're also able just to take out goodness out of what's happening and are able to become closer to you because of what has happened. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. I'll give you a story about this. This is Project Serve. It's about our 35th year we've been doing it. We take high school kids and uh, we go and do work in communities outside our area. I think it's about my 13th or 14th. So we're down here in Fort Myer working in an area called Harlem Heights. And a little history on that. Harlem Heights uh, was an area of Fort Myer that you wouldn't go. There were gangs and drug people. It's shootings all the time. And it's interesting, when the hurricane came in, it flooded it and took all the bad people out. So now the people remaining are people that want a community. And it kind of reminds me of Noah, when God flooded the world to get rid of evil. And uh, I haven't seen two animals together, but uh, or a boat. I've seen a boat, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. And we're, we've been doing work. I'll let them tell you about the work. So I'm going to have them each come and tell their name, where they went to school, and maybe uh, where they're going to go to school. Some of them are going to college. And then you can ask them any question you want. How's that? Sounds great. It's just amazing. When you look at pictures of the flooding up to about three feet, and pulling out all of the sheetrock and mold and the smell and everything else. It's amazing that all these amazing young people would say, I give up my spring break or I'm going to give up parts of my summer and serve. You know, you hear so much today about young people want to be served or spoiled, anything like that. And it's just a blessing to see you all out there because that's hot. And, you know, it's hard, but you see what God is doing because the people you're helping, they have no way of doing anything for you right now. So what I want to know is this, what do you all see when you all look into people's eyes? What do you see when you look at their houses? What do you see when you see that everything they had, they lost it? And the truth of the matter, they didn't have much from the very beginning. So how do you all feel about that? I'm Olivia. I graduated from Caldwell Academy, which is in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'm going to UNC Chapel Hill next year. And to answer your question- Go Tar Heels. Yeah, go Tar Heels. Um, <laughs> basically to answer that question, well, we personally got to meet the owners of the house. And for me, like looking into their eyes, I just expected to see grief and I expected to see them like sad and be down on themselves and just their situation. But they were genuinely the most like happy people when they came in the house. Like they were just like thanking us over and over again and talking about how they really just wanted to get back in their home. I didn't once hear them complain about anything in the situation. They were just talking about looking into the future and how to fix things. And I just thought it was really cool how like they didn't really go into a long story about like how terrible it was. They were just really like focused on what was ahead of them, which was really impressive to me because they were just so happy and thankful for people coming in and um, helping the house, I guess. So that's what I would say. Saw the Lord in them working at them. Thank you. Hi, my name is Darian. I go to 
early college at GTCC. And what I saw in the people's eyes, I saw like people that were ready to like move on. And like, I just seen re- people ready to like move on from like the past. Cause like everything that they've been through, that was probably a scary experience for most of them. Cause most of them have never like experienced like flooding in their homes and stuff. So I feel like they've learned from that and they've built off of that. And I feel like they're ready to like come together as community and to like build up like a stronger foundation. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. My name is Antonio. I graduated from Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'm going to Appalachian State University. I pretty much saw like very similar to um, Olivia and Darian. They were not as like down as I thought they would be. They were all very cheerful and similar to Darren. It just kind of seemed like they were just ready to move on to the next thing. Most of these people were happy to like come out of it with their lives and be able to still move on with their lives. Despite losing their possessions, they kind of had trust that things were going to work out and that things are going to um, end in their favor. And it just, it was a lot of just them ready to find the next step in their lives. And just, they weren't hung up on what had happened, but we're trying to figure out how do they move on past that? Wow. Thank you. Hi, I'm Brooklyn Rogeliner. I'm going to Northern Guilford High School. I'm going into 10th grade, so I'll be a sophomore next year. And what I saw in their eyes was, God, I just, they were really thankful for us to be there. And that made me really happy because I actually have experienced what they have, not the severity of what they've experienced, but I lived in Fort Myers, Florida for most of my life. And I recently moved to North Carolina and I know how traumatic it can be to see like damage to your home and experience losing things like possession. Uh anything and it was amazing to see how they were ready to move on and even after having to stay away from their home for 10 months living in other people's homes that they know like their family they are still positive and they just want us to do our best even if it takes longer than they originally thought. They're just ready to keep going and trusting in the Lord. So that's what I saw. Thank you. Hi, my name is Logan Tate. I graduated high school from Caldwell Academy in 2021. I'm going into my junior year at Liberty University. And something that I saw from the family that we were impacting was I think like the realness of their situation. I think they talked about how they had lived there their whole life and they had never been impacted by the hurricane, like at all, really to any level. And so I think it's like very real to like have them talk about it from the perspective of, Oh, this never happens to us. And like, it finally did. Like we never pack up and leave, but this time, like we knew it was, it was going to be a big one. So I think like realizing their people too, and seeing their struggle, and like hearing uh it just like motivates you to like want to be able to help them more and like get as much done as you can for them you know why i think you all are so impressive one of the things that mr goble stated he said that that probably wasn't the best community at first and i have to be careful with my words probably not the best community had some challenges the community had some challenges but we hear it all the time. You hear the Westover, we hear the Mount Zion, any church, faith community, you're the hands and the feet of God. So the people are looking at you all, you all are going in their houses in a community that probably none of you would live in, 
or would be there with poverty and crime and other things that Mr. Goble talked about. How does that feel, though? Because we all have our biased prejudices and stereotypes. How does it feel walking into a community, not judging people, just there to help people? For me, it's not like our responsibility to judge a community in any way, shape or form, despite like what people overall say about a community or what they think um, about Fort Myers. I wasn't there. I didn't get to experience it. So to me, I walk in and it's just a new community for me to experience. Wow, it's new people. It's people I don't know. And it's not my responsibility to judge them. I haven't seen it. I've just seen it how it is now. And right now, all I see is a community of people who really do care for each other and really do want to build a new community. So I think even knowing what happened to the community like prior, how it was prior, my opinion of it wouldn't have changed because I haven't seen it in that shape or form. I've seen it how it is now. And right now, I just see a reflection of God's spirit and love. Wow. That's good, man. It's good. I feel like from my perspective, like it's not like my job to judge because I don't really know anything that really goes down here. All I'm here for is to help people and to like make a connection with the people that need help. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Odell, I want to tell you about the conditions that we're in. Just to give you an idea of those. I know you got a couple more questions, but the heat index went up to 110 one day. It's been over 100 every day. And then today, our showers, we've got 80 people in eight showers. And the shower is a shipping container that has been divided up into eight showers with little curtains. And uh, we couldn't take a shower today because it was lightning. We don't want to be have the kids in a metal container with lightning. No, not a good idea. No, 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 no. We want to bring them all back safe. So right now uh, we've got about 80 people that need showers. So that's another thing. that we're, And we're all sleeping in the gym of a church. The guys are in double bunk beds and stuff. And then the girls are in another area where we collect all our supplies and meet every morning. And then we go out and uh, do our work and then report back. So, Odell, if you got another question, I'm going to let you. Yes, I have. I have one for you, Bill. Why do you have this big smile on your face? You're talking about no showers. You're talking about heat index. Why are you smiling? Because, you know, this is their project serve, not mine. And I told them when we started, yeah, used to when I did these, I would work like a dog and wear myself out. Now I'm not working. They can tell you I'm sitting there on a tub of uh paste and uh and they're doing all the work and they're learning how to mud they none of them ever did pasting or mudding before or sanding i don't think so they're learning and they're making mistakes but they're fixing them i'm proud of them and i'll tell you what i'm really happy about is i got to meet uh six great individuals that uh i'm proud that god put in my life you know it's all about the kids now you're crying you're a big old man in the heat crying in there Somebody give Mr. Goldborough a handkerchief, please. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have one. I don't have one. <laughs> He's a mean man. <laughs> he froze. So, so the thing about it is you all see God there. Who saw God? Because I used to go in prison ministry and go inside the cells and you tough guys who probably did bad decisions and you just there and you like, God, why am I even here? What's God telling you all at you all over there doing that hard work, good work? I think one of the things is the people that we're working with, they've really impacted like how I view like our circumstances just because they've been here for a, a longer amount of time and they kind of know what's going on. 
And so just seeing like their joy and like knowing some of like their backgrounds and experiences and how they got here, it's kind of like amazing at what the things God is doing just through this community and through like such a troubling time, like hurricane relief. And so I I think seeing like the leadership from the ministry that we're working with and hearing some of the stories has been really impactful to me to like see God at work throughout the communities. Like, cause these are people who are just picking up their lives and coming to live here in an RV and like with minimal clothing and not a lot of possessions. And so just seeing like the joy that they get from just serving this community and like such a devastating relief effort it encourages me to know that like what we're doing is helping and like impacting the kingdom ultimately wow powerful so just so you know we're um (laughs) yes we're in a gym closet right now and in the background you might hear noises of kids playing volleyball (laughs) just letting you know okay for me when you see these kinds of people at the lowest of low you realize and you see how people react in these kinds of situations and in this case i could clearly see that god was working with these folks they were so positive and kept a positive outlook on the whole situation And that really inspired me because I don't know, I've been in situations before and it makes me want to trust in the Lord more and to know that even in the worst situations, like how they experienced the hurricane, I will know that God is still with me and he will carry me through the hard times. And I am just so thankful for meeting these people because that really impacted me. But you know, it's interesting when you made the statement is how many people are there? How many young folks are there, Bill? Um, I think we have about 55 students and then how many leaders? Like, it's like and then it's about, yeah, it's about 80 like people kids. total. So it's like the 50 kids plus the um, volunteers here. Let me ask a question. Everyone, not everyone, yards like social nets, right? Facebook, all the things. I don't know. The majority of us like the social networks, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So are you all posting or what? Having a great time serving in the heat. I mean, you know, what do you all, how you all utilizing your skills on social nets to help others experience what you all are doing? So I can answer this one. So actually when we come on Project Serve, we are not allowed to bring our phones. So none of us are on social media this week, but I think it's great because it brings out the old cameras. It brings out um, digital, like older devices and everyone brings them. And we really try and document as much as we can, which I think is so cool because I guess it makes you like appreciate the pictures more because I feel like when it's on your phone and you just post it right away, it's like, you don't really worry about it, but on a camera, I don't know, just like holds so much more meaning and then getting home and then getting to share them, I think is really amazing. And then people ask you about your trip and you're able to kind of share the story later on. But I love how we don't have social media during the week because we're able to just really focus on like the task at hand. Don't go anywhere. Let me ask a question. Share with our audience, your process, How did you decide this is what I want to do? I want to give up social nets. I want to do this and I'm going to come down here and serve. How did that play in your head? Because you could have went to the beach. You could have went someplace else. How did all that work for you? 
I think for me, just hearing, um, well, our leader, Tony, came down here to see what we'd be working with. And I think just hearing him talk about the situation that was um, happening in Fort Myers and just hearing how we'd be helping, I just felt like it was such a big I guess a big ask of him for us to come down here. And it was like, financially, it's a little bit more expensive for us this year because we're coming down to Florida. But I saw the way he talked about it and saw the way, how badly he wanted us to come down here. And I think just like hearing him talk about it, like I just had to listen to the Lord. And I think when you have all these people encouraging you, like all your friends, that can be super helpful, like a community at Westover. Just, I've been on product serve like every year in high school. And I think that I just love giving up that week every summer because you not only become close with the Lord and become close with the people you meet, but you also just become closer with the um, community we have at West over at Westover. So that's why I decided to come home. It's just such a great way to unplug and just like really focus on some of the important things in your life. I would say. Thank you so much. And yes, Westover is a great faith community. Definitely. Odell, I'll give you a story. So they, they, there's a group that volunteers that's setting up this work. They've been down here since the hurricane. I think it's Ames. Is that Ames? Yeah. How do you? Adventures, Adventures in Mission. Adventures in Mission. So I started talking to some of the volunteers, and uh, there's a girl by the name of Monica that kind of coordinates things. And I said, can you come and give your testimony? And she basically walked down the site. She, had, wow. she was a school teacher. She's probably in her late 20s, maybe in her late 20s. Yeah. And uh, she was a school teacher. Then then she was a, a homeschool teacher. She had a house and her grandma lived down here. And both of them got flooded out. So she had nothing. And she decided she was going to just go and volunteer. So she walked over to the site, or actually rode her bike over and volunteer. And she's volunteering. She's not getting paid a nickel. She is living there. They feed her and uh, she gets no money. In fact, she told me the other day somebody stole her bike. So she didn't even have a bike. And then there was another another lady that came from Chicago, the same thing. Another lady came from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they just show up and say, we want to work. And it's kind of interesting. There's a girl from Toronto and she is working again for free. She came down for the summer and she said she can't accept any money because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have a work visa. So she's volunteering. And uh, these people just working in this heat the whole time. I mean, we're only here for a week. They're here for the whole summer. So. Wow. So Bill Westover is excellent at missions and all this good stuff. Why do you volunteer? Are you getting paid a nickel? Oh man. My paycheck is huge. Uh, (laughs) In fact, I'm going to split it with you, Odell. (laughs) We take Bevan and Dory out to dinner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They better be just, just water and, bread and uh but no, no we're getting anything and we're volunteering and, and probably we'll donate some money in this so it goes the other way i started doing it about 13 14 years ago and i was involved in the youth group at westover and and jim price came up to me and he says if you really want to get to know the kids go on a missions trip and go on a fall retreat so i started doing that and he was right and this is the smallest group we've ever done. Normally, we do a couple hundred kids between 175, something that range. And I like the small group because we've only got seven people, including myself. So six kids and myself and uh, our young adults, I should say. So I get to really meet them. The previous project serves, I'd have 15 to 20 kids and uh, you can't can't interact as much so yeah this is this has been great and they've been good they've been taking care of the old man um <laughs> he's got everything he needs because well, i don't get my nap 
Yeah, there you go. Bill, you know, one of the good things that I've noticed, you hear so much indifference about this generation versus that generation. And it appears to me that you have a great group of young adults who are looking at this thing from a different perspective. Because once you serve, you know, once you've seen other people struggle and see what God is trying to do in your life, but also just to see how blessed you are. So let me talk to the basketball player for a minute. How you doing, young man? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing fine. Tell the audience, tell our audience how this experience is going to impact you for the rest of your life. This is a very unforgettable moment in my life. And I feel like it's going to help me to like appreciate more things because Sometimes I feel like we complain a lot and stuff, but like now seeing that people have it harder than we have it, I feel like it'll help us like appreciate more stuff. And how are you going to carry that on to your college days and everything else? I feel like I'm going to always have that mindset of like not to judge people and like really get to know people more and like to help people who are in need. I feel like. What do you do when you're tired? What do you do when you don't feel like what time do y'all get up in the morning? You get up at 6 o'clock? 6 a.m. Yeah, 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. What time do y'all go to bed at night? 11, 11 p.m. Good, wow. Well, look out for the old guy there because he might nod off. You know, my, if he sits still in the corner, he might go to sleep. We'll watch. There you go. What's the other young man I didn't get a chance to talk to again? Hey. <laughs> so are you, uh, anyone in your group, tell me about the fantastic attributes of your teammates i mean to be honest i feel like everyone excels at pretty much everything in terms of like learning because so we all went into the whole project of like mudding without knowing what we were doing so none of us knew, <laughs> like none of us knew what we were doing we just kind of jumped right in and especially at the beginning there was like little instructions so we were trying but i feel like everyone learned how the process worked like really quickly and everyone kind of excels at their own little thing specifically with like mudding. Like Olivia is really good at getting the tiny little spots out. Brooklyn knows how to feather, like it's nobody's business. So when you like look at how we all kind of learned and how we progressed throughout the week, since we all kind of started at ground zero, I feel like an attribute that we all just have carried. Um, and especially them is we've learned fairly quickly how to do something that we've never done before. So I think it kind of shows other things about them, like resilience and their ability to adapt. Because if you can go into a house that you've never, you know, and, and do something you've never done before. And by like the third day, you kind of have it down and you, you yeah. know how to self-regulate that. I feel like that speaks more about your inner character than just like, Oh, you can learn quick or, Oh, someone taught you well. Um, I think it shows that you are able to acquire knowledge at a really fast rate and that you just know how to apply things that you've learned more than just doing the simple tasks that someone can give you. Great answer. And the whole idea on teamwork and working with individuals on hard tasks and who's who's good at what? Because you're absolutely right. Everyone's not good at everything. So I forgot the other young man, Bill. Here he comes. There he is. There he is. There he is. So getting on, you all went down on a bus or cars or how did you get there? Oh uh, yeah, we took two big buses. Is this your first trip? Uh, this is actually my fourth. I'm a college student, so I'm technically like a co-leader, but this is my first as a leader and my and I've done three as a student. Tell uh, me the difference because I went to Israel four times 
first time I was as a person just going on the mission trip and the other three times I was part of a leader, leadership and planning it. Tell me your experience as a leader versus when you came years ago as a participant. Yeah. So as a freshman, I would say as most freshman guys are, I was really immature, Um, not only in my faith, but just like just in general but definitely looked up to like the older guys and definitely the leaders like their work ethic and just seeing like the way things work because this trip has gone on for like bill said for over like 35 years so just seeing like the impact that this trip has had and like how god provides for our group each year throughout like as going along through high school it was certainly impactful to me and actually i worked last summer for westover i interned and helped the eighth graders come up to ninth grade and so i have spent some time with the current ninth graders as well as some of the seniors because i was in high school with them so i've known and have been around a lot of these kids and so just throughout all that i've been through i think i just want to give back to my church and like kind of keep that going because I know like what the people above me did to make the trip so special each and every year for me as a student. And like, I know the impact it can have in these communities that we outreach to. Well, you know, I really appreciate that Liberty University, all the other universities and high schools is represented. Bill, as we turn the corner, because I know you said we don't have so much time. Guys, help me understand how did Bill invite you all to be on the podcast tonight. How did that conversation go? Well, I gave Meech a hundred dollars. Olivia's going to answer that. So I think okay. it was today earlier. I think he just came right up and was like, I think we're going to film the podcast Friday. And I was like, uh, us on the podcast. And he was like, yeah, y'all are going to be on it. And we were like, okay, okay. And then, cause he had given us all his cards. So I've seen, um, and heard about the 49 countries that, um, the podcast reaches. So, and then when we were um, getting back here, he said we were going to do it now. So now we're in this closet and I think it just kind of all came together super quick, but we're really excited. I think it's really cool to be on a podcast. So yeah, that's cool. he invited us. And who, were you there? Were you there when the lady that came up that works there i forgot her name monica? uh Mar- yeah no monica the girl who lives in chicago uh, uh the black lady what's her Patty? name Patty? Patty. well she came up to odell and she says i've listened to you guys she said odell's family came from abbeville and uh she started talking about wow. something that we had said and so i was like wow okay so she wanted to know how often we traveled together because we talk about when we went on vacation with our wives together and I didn't hear her well because I'm old. I thought she was asking me how often we do a podcast. So I said, oh, we go every week. And she goes, you travel that way every week? I said, no, 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 no. We just do the podcast. <laughs> so I asked them all. The well, Bill, you, Bill, please. Yep. But how do they find common ground? What they're doing? Go ahead. You get ready to say something, sir. Well, that's what I was going to say. I've asked them to talk about common ground. So we're going to start. Uh, who wants to start? Anybody want to start? How you find? Okay, Antonio, and then we'll just go around and then we'll close. The easiest way I find common ground is is pretty simple. We just agree to disagree. 95% of the time in a conversation, 
I'm not going to be able to convince someone to agree the way that I think, especially someone who's had different life experiences than me and someone who's was raised a different way. They're not in a like 10 minute conversation. I'm not, it's not worth the arguing. It's not worth the chaos. And in most cases, it's not worth like the friendship or the relationship with that person for me to even bother continuing, you know? So for me, it just boils down to, we agree to disagree. Like we can have our disagreements and still be friends and you know down the line there's maybe something within that disagreement that can bring us together or something that we can agree on despite you know disagreeing with like a main overall topic or something like that so it's in general i just i find it a lot simpler to not go about like holding a grudge or just kind of trying to convert someone to agreeing what you agree with i just you know say my piece and whatever you know they believe about what i said or whatever they disagree with they're allowed to do that and that's okay and that's not my position to change their minds or change their hearts that's that's up to them thank you i think for me finding common ground with someone kind of goes beyond maybe a conversation where you have a disagreement for me to be able to get to know someone better, I kind of have to um, work towards something with someone. You have to have an experience with them. You have to spend time with them. Like I know for me, just like at work and when I'm talking about like work, when you're working for a common goal or you have something you're working towards, I think as you're doing that with someone else, you're able to kind of like see how another person works or see how another person's brain works. And you can appreciate them for more than just their idea or their belief because everyone has their beliefs and don't necessarily define where their heart is at, which I think is a big thing. Like you need to get to know someone and see if they're kind and see like how they treat other people, not necessarily just based on what they believe or think is what think what is right and what's wrong. And I think that comes it like arises whenever you spend time with someone and you're engaging with them, I guess, in a game or um, working on a project or just something like that. So I agree. Thank you. For me, I 100% agree with Olivia. I love getting to know people. And even if they don't have the same beliefs as me, I just will engage with them and be able to, we can like compare our beliefs and I'm good at like being able to talk about my beliefs and allowing them to, and we don't always have to agree. We can disagree, but still know that like we can still be friends and after like getting to know people for a long time and like being friends you can like invite them to church or even if you don't want to then you can just politely dis say no but you can still in a way be able to share your faith by being kind to them and letting them know that your kindness and your heart comes from Jesus and he's the one who lets you be able to be so kind and helpful and lots of other things. It's Jesus that is able to guide us and bring out the goodness in us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I would say that finding common ground is pretty important when it comes to like going whatever you're going through in life, really. But I think that one thing we have to understand is like everything we have comes from the Lord. And so like just reaching common ground we should understand that like we can only put out what we believe and like share our side of the story and our experiences and we can like take in the same like i think it's important to listen to both sides 
because when you're arguing with someone that you don't agree with and it escalates to anger and screaming, I think it can just oftentimes just lead to nowhere and just you being angrier than you were before. But I think you have to be like super level headed and have this meekness about you of just understanding that not everyone's going to believe what you do. And some people can have very valid reasons for like why they believe what they believe because of their past experiences. But like, I think trying to like understand where they come from and seeing like their position is important to like pick where they might disagree and like come to that common ground of where you do actually agree so that hopefully you can like realize together that like you have more in common than you thought from before. And that like, while you might have different experiences, that doesn't mean that you have to just necessarily agree to disagree or just like let a relationship or an argument fizzle, but you can understand like the people around you better. Right. Right. Thank you. For me, I feel like to find common ground, I feel like you have to get to know the person first because you have to like kind of understand why they gave the opinion they gave. So I feel like once the two sides understand each other's like logic and how they like think, I feel like then they can like, I feel like they can help one one another like base opinions off of like better things. Like I feel like they can like help one another like give like better like opinions or like help them to like, I don't know how to explain it, but like help them to like form better opinions, which is what I'm trying to say. So I feel like get to like know the person more to like understand, like try to understand where they're coming from is what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Goble. Yes, sir. You are a blessed man. You are a blessed man. Yes. You have the last word, sir. Well, the, uh, I'm just so proud of these kids and uh, how long, you know, we young adults, young adults, young young people, young adults. And, you know, a week ago, we didn't know each other that well. We only met once before and that was for 30 minutes. So we're really getting to know each other and getting to enjoy each other's experience. And it's going to be a bittersweet ending to this. You know, it's interesting. We're getting up at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday to head back to Greensboro. So it's, you know, I'm not a morning person, as you know, so it's uh, it's been interesting, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. You're letting us put on the podcast. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. 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 Love you, man. Take care. Love you too. All right. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. 
Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. 